that people also feel like they can't um, relive it or they can't go back there. Mm-hmm. And what I share with them is that you're standing. So whenever you tell your story, you have to remember you're telling a story from a place of I am still standing as a result. So so it's what the worst part is over now. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. The worst the worst part is over. So you you come into therapy and you talking about it is nothing compared to what you actually physically endured during mm-hmm. that time. And so I share with them like you are a survivor just because you're here. Okay. And so if you decide to come to treatment, I I am sure you can get through it because you got through that. Right. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Welcome back <laughs> to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler. Where's my music? There we go. My name is Taylor Chandler, and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I help people break toxic love cycles. Today, we have Dr. Dawn, and Dr. Dawn is a licensed psychologist and a certified trauma therapist. You need a pen and paper for this episode. You need a pen and paper. If you don't do pen and paper anymore because you're on the whole virtual world thing, uh, millennial thing, I don't know. You need to open up the notes in your phone. You need something before we get started. Go ahead and grab it. I'm going to give you a second. I'm going to wait another five seconds because I need you to take this seriously. Because this is serious stuff. And Dr. Donna is going to talk to us about trauma and how it affects relationships. Um, I got a lot out of this and I believe you will too. I'm going to see you in the middle and I'll also see you at the end. Enjoy. Learn something. Hey, Taylor, I'm Dawn, Dr. Dawn Crossan. I am a licensed psychologist. I am also a, a certified trauma therapist. I specialize in treating the full gamut of mental health, but I focus um, primarily on trauma. Awesome. Thank you. And we got to know each other through Instagram. Like, Yep, you're my Instagram bestie. <laughs> yes, mutual, mutual. And I just love whenever your name comes up in the DMs, like, I just know I'm going to be cracking up or or just feeling very validated and heard and seen. It's not always like a bunch of LOLs and stuff. So I definitely just right, appreciate right. you being there. And I've really enjoy the connection we've been able to um, cultivate through Instagram. I just think it's amazing that like now like there are so many, there are people that are like us that like meet on Instagram and are able to like connect in this way. It's super cool. Yeah. You, uh, your page um, is for, so I'm, I'm an old head, you know, especially when it comes to Instagram, like you and I were talking about, but your page really, um, I love the mix of everything. Like I love the blend. You have a perfect blend of, what's going on in Taylor's personal life, but also hitting hard with the um, different pieces in terms of attachment. I call you the attachment whisperer. Yes. <laughs> she just works it out, y'all. I love, I love. You know, one thing I like about um, Instagram, the one thing I like is that we don't have to be specialists in everything. So mm-hmm. there's going to be some things that, you know, like, yeah, sure, I have a, a doctorate degree and, and I'm licensed and I went to school and sure, I took some classes on attachment had to learn that theory to even think about getting this degree Mm -hmm. but you like really that's your thing so I love like I don't that don't have to be my thing because that's Taylor thing Mm -hmm. so if I have a a question I can contact Taylor so I love that I love that I love what you do I love how you blend everything and you really are a good role model for me in terms of posting and and what to share and just different things like that thank you so much I received that and one of the reasons why 
I have you here today with this particular topic is because of, yeah, I work a lot with attachment styles. And within that, trauma is inherently intertwined in that work. Right. So when someone right. reaches out to me talking about I'm anxious and I want to be secure or I'm um, I'm trying to figure out why my partner is so dismissive, how to handle it, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, 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 like that is a problem. But then underneath of that, the one of the reasons why they're even experiencing it is because of other traumas before that person that they're talking about um, or how they're just experiencing themselves in the world before this moment even happened. There were things that happened yeah. before that yeah. that affect how we're showing up now. And you are so... Um, good with trauma that's your thing and so I wanted you to come on and help to give even more clarity around trauma itself and how it affects our relationships another thing I'll add to that is that sometimes I will uh, turn people away from working with me because I don't have the understanding education knowledge that you have about trauma like there are things that are actually um, for sure out of my scope of practice um, mm -hmm. that would need to be referred to someone like you, Dr. Don. And so I think that that's, this is also helpful because I'm not like the end all. And for some right. people, I'm not the start. Like there, there are other things yeah. that are sometimes someone, someone's going through that are outside of, we, we can't just go to like your attachment style. There are other things. So I just think this is going to be a really good way to kind of bridge that and under, and help people understand more why they might need to do some other kinds of work. So let's yeah. get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, I uh, let me just say, like, it mm -hmm. takes a real mature uh, therapist to be okay with saying, like, "Hey, I can't, I can't do that." You know, like so many, you know, you know, there's an age difference between you and I. But when I got in the field, it was I felt like this was, it was a pressure, especially with being an African American woman, to mm -hmm. just be able to do all things, know all things, and that type of thing. And I did. I feel like in my younger years, I found myself. Working with, they didn't teach us to say, hey, this is not my thing. You know what I'm saying? They really didn't, you know. And I think that having that knowledge so young that you had, that's excellent. Because I don't feel like I gained that knowledge until sometime in the field. And I was just like, you know what? I think that this is beyond the scope of what I can provide for you. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yes. That's okay because I, I do what I do and I do what I do well, right? But then there are some things that I just don't do well. and Or I, it's not so much that I don't do well, but it's just not my specialty. That's mm -hmm. not my... Mm -hmm. And I think you would be better serviced if you went elsewhere. So just mm -hmm. wanted to kind of throw that out there first. But if you want me to jump into like trauma and, and you know, the relationship piece, we can go there. You want to go there? Yeah. And I appreciate that. And yes, I would. If you could just tell us like what what is trauma and then trauma in the context of relationships, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So when you think about trauma, as short and simple of it, I tell people trauma is just a deep emotional wound, right? A deep emotional wound that can result from physical, sexual abuse, domestic violence, emotional abuse, witnessing any of those that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a, a wound that is, it result, uh, is a result of an extreme stressor. And mm -hmm. the stressor could have actually physically happened to ourselves or we actually could have witnessed it. And as time has passed, we have learned that it could be something that we've even heard about mm -hmm. that hit home, hit home some type of kind of way. So the good example of that is 911. You know, we had people throughout the United States develop PTSD symptoms um, at the space. They weren't actually at the space when it took place, you know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that that is, you know, basically what um, what trauma is in a nutshell. So when you think about relationship trauma, 
then relationship trauma would be the same thing, a deep emotional wound that occurred during a relationship, right? Because when we're in relationships, we tend to trust people. That's why we're there. We, mm-hmm. we expect that there's going to be a mutual love, a mutual respect, and those types of things. Mm-hmm. And so relationship trauma can be that the result of um, being in a relationship and a deep emotional wound we occurred during that relationship. It could be at the hands of our partner or it could be at the hands of someone else, but we may have we may blame our partner for whatever happened uh, with that trauma. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Yes. And I actually want to just point out the way that I, the way that I sit and listen to you when you talk, it's like, it's like I'm in school again. <laughs> like I really am like, I feel like I don't do this. I have just have never noticed my body even doing this when I've done a podcast with somebody. I'm mm-hmm, just, I'm mm-hmm. right here with my pen and paper. <laughs> like I'm like writing my notes. Like I just really, I just love the way that you deliver such like big concepts and you make it so I would call like touchable. Like it's like, Oh, you just bring this. Like, I think you're just like a perfect trauma therapist. Like you bring this like sense of like, it's all okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, all of the, like these big, deep emotional wounds, but it's all okay. Like you could, you, cause you make it something that we can understand. I think one of the, most chaotic things about experiencing trauma is the not understanding, like not understanding why I'm reacting this way after the fact, not understanding why it happened in the first place, not understanding why I can't let it go. And so to feel like, okay, there's some, I can get to some kind of understanding about what I'm going through. That alone is so healing. So yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. The fact we call that psychoeducation, just hearing and getting an understanding mm-hmm. in terms of what happens to me is so healing. It's, it's a powerful part of most therapies of just giving you information. People yes. walk away like, oh, my God, like I never thought about it like that. Yes. So I agree. So when we're talking about like trauma in the context of relationships and you said like it could be this deep emotional wound that happens within it. Let's say that there's a like between, you know, person A, person B, whatever. And what's what's like an example? Can you give like two or three examples of what um, is a kind of trauma that maybe some people wouldn't... Ne- cheating, I think, is something that everyone can kind of be like, oh, yeah, it's traumatic. But are there some yeah. other things that come to your mind that are um, traumatic within relationships that people might not recognize as such, but that have some effects? Yeah, you're right. Cheating is always the number one <laughs> that everybody mm-hmm. looks at. Mm-hmm. But, you know... People don't often realize that trauma can also not necessarily be a physical threat to our bodies, but also a threat to our emotions, such as cheating, but such as like fear of abandonment, Mm -hmm. fear of rejection. Um, Those are really big things or fear of trusting me with my emotions. What are you going to do with my emotions if they have been traumatized, you know, have already Mm -hmm. been traumatized in the past? So like, for example, um, you know, I had a young lady. When she was married, she got married, she had babies. And, you know, prior to getting married, she was a little petite thing. And after having babies, she picked up some weight. Most women do as we age, you know, natural course. But her husband, you know, you know, married her when she was a small size, you know. And he uh, used every opportunity to really come for her about her weight mm-hmm. to such a degree that um, it just really tore her down. Mm-hmm. So she, was, she came to therapy because she was trying to figure out why she couldn't lose weight. And, you know, me, me, I'm sitting there like, what kind of stuff? You know, A, she mm-hmm. wasn't, um, she wasn't, she, you know, she wasn't obese mm-hmm. um, at all. So it wasn't health, it wasn't any health concerns mm-hmm. about her weight. So, you know, that's part of my, part of my evaluation was, so what are the doctors saying? You know, how's your cholesterol? How, you know, she told the doctor say I'm a little heavy, but everything's good. I work out, you know, I'm exercising. I'm, I'm, everything's good. My body is good. 
Um, but my husband's unhappy. And I, so I just thought maybe I need to come to therapy. I might have some mental blocks because, you know, I can't lose weight. And she, she looked great. She looked great. She was, mm-hmm. she looked great. You know, um, she just was not as thin as she used to be. Mm-hmm. And so the emotional uh, abuse that uh, occurred, like he would leave, um, you know, he would put like diet uh, snacks in her purse. Mm-hmm. Um, he would um, like, it was just, you know, and, when she would confront, he was like, oh, I was just trying to support you. And she's mm-hmm. like, it's not, mm-hmm. this doesn't, this doesn't feel like support, you know. And if she did lose a pound or two and she would go to him and say, you know, I lost a couple of pounds. And he'd be like, it's not enough. You know, just mm-hmm. constantly um, demeaning her. And to the point where she felt undervalued because of her weight, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was, you know, and she was very, so she was very traumatized by it. Like she would um, have panic attacks because she thought he would leave. And Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of work that we had to do around her security, her validating herself, her understanding that no matter what weight she is, she's bigger than some number, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and to the place where she had to, you know, started to gain some strength to be able to make some adjustments with her, her relationship in terms of, this is what I need from you. And if you can't see anything other than the weight that I gained from bearing your children, then maybe we should not consider this a relationship any longer. Mm -hmm. And that took about 18 months, but I was really proud of her when she was able to um, make that statement and make that stand. Wow. That's such a good example. That is such a great example uh, and, you know, I didn't see that trauma at mm-hmm. first. At first, I, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't see it as that. I mm-hmm. thought, I wasn't sure what it was when she first came in, because I'm like, you look great. Not really sure what we're doing here, but okay. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. so, uh, but then as we started talking, then her symptoms, panic attacks, yep. um, wow, nightmares. Yes. Yes. Um, so he would publicly embarrass her, mm-hmm. you know, um, at, at family functions, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so she would have like like some vivid flashbacks of those things. And so I, you know, initially I didn't see it as the classic trauma because, it, you know, that's not what she came for. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what it sounded like. But as we started to dig deeper, you know, and her symptoms were classic, you know, and yes. so we were able to do some work there. That's so good because like um, I think kind of if I were to make an overarching, like take it an overarching nugget from that is that. Okay, if you're not like like looking at the symptoms, that that thing is so important, right? Like, so then it doesn't. Yes, it, yes. Then, it, then you you just you get rid of the context. Get rid of the context. Like, it's yes. not about the weight, right? It's not about the cookout, right? Where that, it, but it's about like the the yes. the symptoms that someone is experiencing, the outcomes, the effects, um, and that those are huge indicators that you're experiencing trauma and something unresolved. That is that. It, uh, you know, unresolved something that is sort of just stuck and stagnant in you that hasn't been able to been be like soothed out, hasn't been given the attention that it needs. Because a lot of the, a lot yeah. of what what you're saying is because we don't we don't even recognize it. We we don't recognize it as there's being something necessarily wrong, especially when someone's like, for example, just like you said, and you in this example, like someone's like, I'm trying to help you. And it's like, well, yep. is, the, is it, is it, maybe it is helpful. And I'm just being sensitive. Maybe. It, right. Right. But, but the outcome is the, is the problem is that I'm, now I'm ruminating about it. I'm, I'm having panic attacks. I can't sleep. I can't mm-hmm. eat all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's a great example. Mm-hmm. And then she, we were able to trace it back to some childhood things. Her mm-hmm. father was um, emotionally um, <clears throat> abusive towards her mom. Mm-hmm. And so, so we were able to like, um, it wasn't no, any physical. So, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I, you know, there wasn't no bones broken. You know, people tend to see, no black eyes, like yeah, abuse is so much bigger than that. Um, but 
but we yes. tend to go right there. And so, so her mother, her father was very verbally abusive to mom, like very demeaning. And so we were able to make some connections, some familiarity, some similar, you know, some similarities, because a lot of times what's familiar isn't healthy to us, mm-hmm. but it's something that we know. So it feels comfortable because we're used to it. It's something that we don't have to predict. We already know what's going to happen. Right. Yes. And, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a healthy thing, you know, and so when she would talk about her husband, she would say, well, it's a lot like my daddy, a strong work ethic. And then as we dug deeper, uh-huh. her dad did that to her mom. And she never saw it as a domestic violence or even abuse because it was just what they did, you yeah. know? Yep. Wow. You've already, you've already highlighted some, this is, you know, you know, a question I'm about to ask you, because you already highlighted some of these misconceptions about trauma, like, yes. that, for example, yes. is physical and the emotional stuff isn't as bad and all, all of that stuff. Um, yes. You've already said a couple, but are there some others you would like us to know some misconceptions about trauma or healing from it? Because there's so many, that's like, I don't know we could go down a list, but are there some that stick out to you? That people have distorted yeah. about trauma. So <clears throat> a lot of people feel like um, that. Well, first thing is trauma is relative. So you can have two people living in the same household and go through a traumatic event and not walk away from it's traumatized. It's relative. Yeah. So what may be traumatic to you, Taylor, may not be traumatic to me, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, and we can come from the same household and experience the same things and walk away not seeing it as a traumatic situation, you know? And so I think that's the first thing to keep important, important because you'll have, like, I've had siblings say, you know, we have to deal with that trauma. And the other sister said, I'm, I'm fine. I don't, I understand that happened. And I know it was not a good thing, but I don't have trauma symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so the one sister is ready to do the work and, and focus on her sister being avoided. And it's like, well, is she being avoided? Or is she, is, was it not traumatic to her? Not that the situation wasn't traumatic, but it just did not traumatize her. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So that's one, that's one thing people have to understand it is relative. So some people, you know, are just not going to take things the way other people take it. And that's just the Mm -hmm. way we're, that's the way we're designed. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece um, about trauma is that folks believe that therapy a lot of times has to consist of reliving trauma and that is not the case that is not the case at all um the type of work i do really focuses more on how it's impacted you currently Mm -hmm. so i'm not even trying to take you back there i'm just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how what has happened impacts the way you think about your life yourself and others how it impacts your safety your ability to be intimate trust those things so we're kind of looking at it for me what i do i'm looking at it present day how does it impact who Taylor or Dawn is right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. The, and what I find to be interesting is a lot of people will say, I don't want to go to therapy because I don't want to relive my trauma. But then they'll come to therapy and I'm not asking any questions and they're telling me everything that happened in the past. Yes. And that's not even reliving it. Just because you tell me what happened doesn't mean that you're reliving it. Now, you can relive it, right? But it doesn't mean because you're sharing that you actually are reliving it, you know? So I yep. think um, that's a misconception. The last thing I want to point out is that people also feel like they can't um, relive it or they can't go back there. Mm-hmm. And what I share with them is that you're standing. So whenever you tell your story, you have to remember you're telling a story from a place of I am still standing as a result. So so it's what the worst part is over now. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. The, worst, the worst part is over. So you, you come into therapy and you're talking about it is nothing compared to what you actually physically endured during mm-hmm. that time. 
And so I share with them, like, you are a survivor just because you're here. Okay. And so if you decide to come to treatment, I, I am sure you can get through it because you got through that. Right. Right. You understand? Yeah. So those are some of the misconceptions. Ooh, I hope that was Yeah. It's good. Right. I told you. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you you need a pen and paper. Okay. Um, you know, if you are if you're hearing some things that feel, that you feel like, you know what, I need to go ahead and, and get some of this mess out of my own way, use the free console in the show notes below, okay, and schedule a date and time, and I will reach out to you and let's see what we can do. Dr. Dawn's information is also in the show notes, so of course, find her on Instagram, give her a follow, um, check her out. She's also got a podcast as well. Her link is in her bio, okay. So we are all in this together. We are all in this together. Okay, we feel good. Y'all feeling all right? We can keep going? Okay, I'm going to see you at the end. All of that, I think, underlying that is is perspective. Like, And one of the things that trauma does to us is it, like, when we're thinking about it or the event or even thinking about approaching it, like, literally just the, the idea of going to therapy, for example, not necessarily thinking even about the trauma itself, but the idea about <laughs> the, the possibility of confronting it. And we kind of get in that we we re- regress into that perspective, and then it sort of like consumes us, and we do feel very helpless and unable to yeah. move forward. But then to have that perspective that okay, that was a that was a literal moment, right? And it might have been a long moment, yeah. Okay, but yeah, it yeah, is yeah. it is like in by definition a moment in your life that you did somehow move out of and time went on doesn't mean that you went on in like a healthy way that's not that's right not what right, it is, but right it does mean that right time has literally passed and there has been space just naturally created between you and that moment that thing that incident exactly. and even if that incident lasted five years right like there's still some now space between you and that thing and so to have that perspective just to be reminded that oh I am separate from it I do have some options and choices and decisions that I can make about how I'm going to now relate to it so that it doesn't keep running my life. Uh, Those, all of those misconceptions are so, so, so good. And I see it all. I see it all the time too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's what trauma has a way of stealing our self-confidence and our belief in ourselves Um, because we get caught up in the event and that is not to minimize the event. Definitely. The event was devastating. The Mm -hmm. event was traumatic and some of the stories that I hear I am I'm just taken back by how someone could have done that to somebody else right mm-hmm. but 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 we don't often look at how we're still standing you know the ability the resilience that that somehow we have in order to stand and I will tell you some of my most resilient people that I meet are are trauma survivors yeah. I'm just, they're yeah. so but they don't see it you know they don't see it because mm-hmm. trauma has a way of stealing your confidence and, and what, what's so What's so sad about it is that most of the trauma that I've endured uh, or that I've seen come in my office have been has happened in childhood. You know, so mm-hmm. you had no control, mm-hmm. and even as an adult, you know, you you had no control. But it, these things happened in childhood, so you had no control. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and so as a result of not having that control, um, it, you know, you're blaming yourself for something that you that you did not do to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. And so you, you but it, t- it has a, a way of taking away that confidence, that belief yes. that you're even able to protect yourself because mm. somehow you perceive yourself as having more control in that situation than you actually had. Ooh. 
Wow, I'm holding my chest right now. I just ooh, you perceive that you have more control in the situation than you actually had. That's, yeah. Wow, that's gonna. Really, yeah. Ooh, okay. It's okay. Somebody's gonna write it down. I'll go ahead and write it down. Um, do you think that any of those misconceptions would you consider any of those to be the big, like the the biggest or most common barrier to someone getting, um, for someone like seeking help to heal some of this trauma, or is there something else that you think gets in the way aside from those sort of oh yeah avoidance? Mm-hmm. People believe that you know it's over, it's done, and that um, if I just keep on living, it'll eventually go away. Now, a lot of trauma does eventually go away like that. A lot of people who have experienced, the majority of people that experience trauma, they will have some uh, residual effects, which is, are completely normal. They may have nightmares, flashbacks. All those things are completely normal within a certain period of time, right? Mm-hmm. But when, you, when it starts to be extended, right, when, you, when it starts to get past the three to six month period, and it really is relative depending on the trauma and the person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's when we want to start to think about, I might need some help because now not only mm-hmm. am I, you know, I had this event happen, but now it's extended. And so once it starts to extend past that three to six month period, the biggest barrier to treatment is people thinking it's eventually going to go away. And it mm-hmm. doesn't eventually go away when you start to see it extend past that three to six month period. Mm-hmm. It actually gets worse over time. It mm-hmm. doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And so avoidance is a big barrier where they, where people think that it, you know, I could, if I avoid that everything's okay, because the truth is you mentally have convinced yourself that you're avoiding, but the people around you see it clear as day. You know, they, they see it by the relationships that you're in, how long you stay in some of those relationships, the choices that you make, some of the self-destructive behavior that you engage in. They may not say, they may not know that this is because of your trauma, but they're looking at you. And so you think that you're covering it up, but your people around you, they see it clear as day. And mm-hmm. so avoidance and, and denial tends to be one of the biggest barriers to treatment. The other one is the fact that there's not enough African-American people in the field to treat African-Americans. So when you think about black people and brown people, Mm -hmm. a a lot of reason why we don't go is because there isn't enough of us out there to treat everyone. And so most people of color, black people, African-Americans, Hispanics, Latinas, they want to they want to see someone like them because they feel like they can connect, that they can relate. Mm -hmm. So that's also a barrier that we just don't have enough people, diversity, uh, people of color, African-Americans and Hispanics in the field, Asians, mm-hmm. we don't have enough of us in the field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Comment on that first point. That's what no, no, I, I think I would, I think I feel the same in that like the, the avoidance is the biggest barrier And with that. And actually like when you were saying that, I was like, no, no, no. I think that what came to my mind f- actually first was what you said second, which is um, the way that I think about it is someone can mistakenly think that, okay, there is this trauma maybe between me and dad, but it's between me and mm-hmm. dad. And, mm-hmm. and But like, if you walk around with this, unhe- some people put it like you're bleeding, you, like you got a un, like a, like a, so a wound that's been like, it's like an undressed wound. Like it's just an open mm-hmm. wound on your body. And right, right. you're just right. like bleeding all over people. And that's kind of, I think right. that's like, well, that's one of the, the biggest, um, I guess I, w- I guess I would have to categorize as a misconception then. 
Um, yeah. I guess those things kind of go together, but like kind of feeling. Yeah, like, I, was, I think they go together they do go too. To, yeah, um, <laughs> that if you have a misconception, that is a barrier to you then getting treatment because you don't have a clear idea of what you're really dealing with. So yes, right, those things are right. fine. So feeling like okay, I have this issue between me and this one person, or me and this one group of family, or me and this one work environment. But no, like if if you're walking around with it unresolved, unhealed, yes, unaddressed, yes, it yes. will, it will, it will. It's you're no different than any other human being on the planet. Nobody right. can, nobody compartmentalizes this well. Like it's yes. com- it's coming yes. out, and even and, right. and, and, and to that to that, it's even the people who are like, I want to, com- I, I am that good of a compartmentalizer. That's a problem too. We shouldn't have yeah. to just you know box everything up and say, okay, I'm having this really, I'm in this really toxic uh, relationship, but um, I'm going to hide it away so that it doesn't affect my friendships. Well, that is in itself affecting how you're showing up in your friendships. And so, right. yeah, all of that stuff is so intertwined. Yeah, I agree completely. Really I think that is, I think that's one of the biggest, um, and I think barriers and misconceptions can be, you know, definitely intertwined, like you mm-hmm. said. So that's hard to separate them out, but I definitely, yeah. I hear that a lot of times in my older clients that are come through and they'll tell me how they were fine until they hit 60. And then all of a sudden the symptoms from the childhood trauma came back. And, but as I sit with them and they tell me their life story, I see glimpses of it. Big as day, mm-hmm. you know, yes. whether it's a promiscuity or the yeah. self, the self harm yes. or the excessive drinking or the excessive working, you know? Um, and so I think that's the other misconception or barrier or both is the way trauma manifests itself. People don't understand that different populations and different, you know, and gender is going to look different. You know, so, you know, you know, my, my one woman, she was an older woman, very successful in the military. When she came, she was like, you know, I was doing well. I was working and I was, you know, I, I, I reached this rank in the military. And it's only a few black people that reached this rank. And she had a lot of achievement and success. However, what I shared with her was like, you were very busy. So you didn't allow yourself time to feel, mm-hmm. you know, but how when you tell me about this relationship and that relationship, you know, when I think about who you are and these relationships, they don't even match. Mm. So I think that was a big trauma scene, mm. you know, a, a yes. big trauma flag, you know, or yes. at one point you were cutting yourself because you said you were stressed at work. Well, let's look at that. I don't, was it you was, that you were stressed at work or were you trying to release some of those emotions that you mm-hmm. bottled up so long, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's really important Ooh, you, for people to realize get that. Away. You're not letting them get away with nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, I think it's important for us to understand how trauma manifests itself different in different populations and in different circumstances and in gender as well. Totally. Totally. People like, well, I thought because I wasn't bedridden and paralyzed like my sister was from when she was traumatized that I was okay. I'm like, everybody is different, honey. And it's going to look different. Oh, my gosh. That is weak. Let me just write a note real quick. (laughs) because <laughs> we're gonna have to come back and talk about that because i'm i just i feel it bubbling up in me and i know that if i open the door if i keep we keep going through this door i know we're going to be here yeah. for the next five hours i know so, we just talked about this um, right right yes so we're i'm gonna make hypocrite. a note and say um that we need to talk about how trauma manifests in different in different people in different places different personalities because that is such an interesting conversation we'll have to pin yeah. it to the wall me okay, so yes, I have like yes. two more questions for you before we wrap. Sure, today. sure. The mm-hmm. first is this: How can someone use their trauma experience in a healthy way? How can someone take this and make it? Some people say like you know, making your problem your 
purpose. Maybe someone's heard it like that before. Um, uh-huh. Just how to how to like some people would call it transmuting some of those emotions and making them into something positive. How can someone like let's say in a, in a maybe a less abstract way? As I like giving people some practical solutions, even though the abstract stuff I love, but especially uh-huh. in these uh-huh. kinds of conversations, I like someone to be able to just walk away with someone that maybe they could think about doing in their immediate future that doesn't take too uh-huh. much like uh, you know up in the clouds with existential stuff. Um, how can someone begin to use their trauma experience in a healthy way and move forward? Right. Right. So, you know, let me just preface because, you know, people, people, I wanted to be clear. Nobody, nobody wants to be traumatized. Right. So nobody desires for these things to happen and, and, and whoever and whatever happened to whoever it was, it was wrong, bad, terrible, horrible, and all those types of things. And, the amount of pain that comes along with it or whatever feelings that we have, Mm -hmm. we're justified for having feelings because that, you know, shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. However, we tend to get caught up in the event, rightfully so, because the event was devastating and it it should not have happened. What I try to get clients to do is start to, you know, because once you get caught up in an event, you kind of lose out on what kind of person I have now become in the positive manner as a result of that. So like so a lot of my clients are so much more sensitive to other people's needs now. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes that could be unhealthy, mm-hmm. but, 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 but a lot of times it's, it's a sensitivity that someone who may not have experienced trauma don't even have mm-hmm. because they, they don't even know, but that yes. person is in tune and they'll say to me, well, I noticed that such and such, you know, she comes in, she looks like she's been crying. And so I'm, I'm thinking she may be going through something and the rest of the office may have never noticed it. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's some strength, some, some, some sensitivities, some intuition sometimes yes. that, that are good. They are, are a result of knowing what that felt like to be so alone and be in that pain and going mm-hmm. through that by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes a lot of times my, my clients are some of the best friends to people. So focusing on the strength, because yes. whatever happened to you, we tend to focus on why did it happen to me? I must have been this bad person and all of these people failed me and I should have did this and I should have did that. And okay, let's put that in aside and let's look at who you become as a result. That is a strength. You know, mm-hmm. I have really good work ethic because I always want to be independent now because I don't want to ever depend on an abusive husband again. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I, um, I'm really, I'm really, a, I'm really a good listener because when I was going through my trauma, I tried to share with my family. They didn't listen to me. So I listen to people now. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. So a lot of looking at what did you do? What are you doing differently now? That's good yeah. Yeah. that you wouldn't have done if you wouldn't have been traumatized. Not saying that you wanted the trauma or the trauma right. was a good thing, right. Right. but it really speaks to how awesome that makes us individually as human beings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And how we're able, how we're able to incorporate some of those things and turn those, those uh, dark clouds into silver lining Mm -hmm. and that's going to be unique to the person taylor Mm -hmm. each individual but everyone that has a traumatic story i they have strength Mm -hmm. and i and i suggest that they tell me tell me about your strength tell me what how this trauma changed you in a way that you may not have been before Mm -hmm. i've had people say i'm not as selfish i know i probably would have been a really selfish person but now that i know what that's what it was like to watch this person take advantage of me in such a selfish manner i'm not i I think i'm I'm a less selfish person does that make sense yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, yep. 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 So looking at looking <laughs> yeah. at what happened, and I think that's such an important note that like it's not about saying like I wanted the trauma. It's not saying that the trauma is good, but it is about saying okay, it happened, 
And now that it happened, what are some of the positive effects that are within me and how I treat yeah. people? Um, that's yeah. the point. And like, I could never, ever, people like what I do because I'm so in it. Like I'm so into it. Like it's, I, it's like my heart is in this. Like it's very, and I'm, yeah. and I'm like in school, they're like, you know, you think all these, all these boundaries, 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 and, and shit. My podcast is called Boundaries and Grace, damn it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but all these boundaries are just like, it's like almost makes you afraid to be yourself put yeah. yourself in the work and I'm like I couldn't have my practice if myself wasn't in it now of course like there are boundaries and like even what I share um, or like details of things and um, I, I'm like you know I have, I have an awareness and consciousness about that but also there's like the, the reason why I think this thing works is because I can connect with people because of the traumas in the past like and, and I'm like Mm-hmm. it's like the mm-hmm. reason why someone reads a post and that it's not just one person but many people who can read a caption and say like it why do you feel like you're just talking to me right yep. like yep. because like the, the those things that we've gone through when we are able to process them in a healthy way we can use that as a strength and use that in a way to connect with people. It doesn't mean that you're going to become a therapist about whatever problem it was, but we see it in, in, in you making, you baking cookies and there's a different way that you deliver your service because of that love that is now manifested because of things that you've gone through. You, you're a father and the way that you father is different because of the father that you didn't have things that we become right, conscious right, of exactly. in the absence. And if we yep. can, and you know, some people go bitter. And some people yep. go. Some people go a different direction and a more and more. Um, you could call it in. I wanted to say in light, but I guess that's where the word enlightened comes from, right? Like we move. You, yeah. you can take that trauma and go down one path, or you can come down another one where you are able to, like you said, taking those dark clouds and making them silver linings. And that's um, the really weirdly beautiful part about having trauma. <laughs> You know, I've had clients tell me I'm going to get help because I have a daughter and my mom was traumatized and didn't get help. Mm -hmm. And I believe that she would have. I may we may have not got with that man and that, you know, so those types of things, you know, the, you know, finding looking at what your perpetrator was and making your decision that I'm going to be everything that he wasn't, you know, yes, or she wasn't, you know, and changing the course of what's going to happen next. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh, Dr. Don, um, I'm going to go ahead. This is, this is that my last question and I'm going to ask you this on <laughs> while we're recording so that I'm, so that I can, um, have some justification for pressuring you into this. Okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> will you, will you just, be, will you be a resident guest here? Cause I think we sure. need more. Yay. Okay. <laughs> We need more. I love you, Taylor. Oh, oh my man. God. This is awesome. This is not this... even like taping. This is like hanging out with my girl. So, yes. <laughs> my younger you. girl. Because you just give me so much insight. And I don't know. Yeah. You just really blessed me. So, of course, I would love to. That's oh an honor. Gosh. That is an honor. You do so much for my heart. I just am so, I'm so happy that you shared all of this and all of this in 30 some minutes. Like, this is yeah. like, like, I. And when I do, when I go back and record my intro, I need to make sure I remind everybody to make sure that they have pen and paper so they can (laughs) write this stuff down because this is so good. So thank you so much for all of this. Thank you. Yes. 
Thank you for the interest in the topic. And I love how you tied it into some of the attachment pieces. So I appreciate you for that. But yes, I loved it and I can't wait to do it again. Well, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. I know it's good. It's good. <laughs> if you really felt like it was good, if you really felt like it was great, if you really have been getting some things out of these podcast episodes, I encourage you to show your support in the form of cash app, review, share it, do, do something. You know what I mean? I mean, seriously, guys, do something. So if you've been enjoying it, sit down, let me know. Let a girl know. Okay, you can write a review, a sentence or two. You can send a cash app, a dollar or two or five. Yep. Uh, you can do stars, five, five stars. Uh, <laughs> whatever's on your heart, y'all, you know. Well, you know. Okay, I think that's enough now. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>